Hello, this is Ryan Fritz with Science of Cardio, delivering the latest and greatest and the pros and cons of exercise science. Hello, this is Ryan Fritz with Science of Cardio. Today we are talking about rest and recovery. They are very different things. Um, when I think of rest, I think of an off day. And when I think of recovery, I think of maybe a lighter workout. So an example would be if, if you run five miles, maybe a recovery day you might be doing like a mile or a two mile jog instead of a five mile run. Um, strength training, maybe you do 50 to 70% of your max versus 90 to 100% on kind of a heavy lift day. So maybe a lighter strength day. Um, very important topic. I've kind of worked with both sides of the spectrum as far as athletes and just general population clients. You know, a professional or Olympic grade athlete um, has a lot of scientific kind of periodization and some people that are highly educated on kind of when to rest, when to recover, and strategic, you know, work days and rest days. Uh, those create the best results, and that's why they perform optimally. Uh, on the other side, you have, you know, kind of the sedentary person that hasn't done anything for 20 years. Um, they also need to be aware, educated on kind of recovery. So at the beginning of the year, a lot of people want to get into exercising. So we're kind of getting into that time frame, and they haven't worked out for years or haven't done any physical activity for a long time. And the best advice that I can recommend is just kind of ease and creep and micro progress kind of into a normal or higher intensity. Uh, Rome was not built in a day. You can get there gradually. If it takes you, you know, three more months to get to a goal, uh, no sweat. One thing that Science of Cardio really tries to do and talk and educate our clients is about sustainability. How can we keep exercising well into our 60s, 70s, 80s? How can we keep moving um, later on in life without joint pain? And there's a strategy or kind of a scientific way to do that. You know, we also just encourage people to learn and grow and figure out more information about how your body works, listen to your joints, your body, your mechanics, talk to professionals, and just ask a ton of questions. You know, it's kind of the old saying, you know, no question's a dumb question. The more information you gather, uh, the better it helps you out. And then you can make your own kind of decisions based off of those engagements that you get. So some pros with kind of recovery. Um, basically, you're letting your body heal itself. Uh, a lot of people think that training is what creates tissue adaptations and you know you get better cell mitochondria from training and you're working on you know growing muscle tissue in your training uh, the training is a part or a piece or a slice of the pie it is kind of a part of the system and you have to stress your tissues and cells and then the other part is rest that rest allows it to repair and recover and that creates kind of improvement. So we have this long cycle of stressing and then resting, recovering, and then kind of adaptation. And then you do that over and over and over, over weeks, months, years, and your body adapts. It gets you know more density in the bones, 
your muscles get stronger, maybe your muscles get bigger, depending on your goals, um, your mitochondria, your cardiovascular endurance, you know, ability gets better over time. But there is a plateau and there's actually a downside to pushing, pushing, pushing. So I'm sure everybody's heard of a plateau. A plateau is essentially kind of when you first start exercising and you get into, you know, you start lifting more weights and doing, you know, maybe more mileage or time or distance or whatever your kind of goal is. And eventually you kind of keep progressing up the ladder and then you kind of hit that sticking point. You get, you know, plateau or stuck and you really kind of can't improve from that point. Uh, to me, that's where a skilled and an expert strength and conditioning coach or professional uh, is worth their weight. They can say, okay, here's these three or four other challenges that we can add to your nervous system, to your cells, to your tissues that will help you overcome this plateau. Um, you know, they're different for cardiovascular endurance type of goals than they are from strength training or hypertrophy or muscle growth goals. So I encourage you to explore those and find out um, different ways to improve endurance, different ways to improve strength. Uh, there's lots of different variations. And I think the principles apply to kind of average beginner, you know, strength training person or the advanced, you know, Olympic athlete. Uh, science is science, and you basically get similar results no matter who the subject is. Um, you know, everyone's going to have a little variation, but you know, if you put 400 pounds on your back uh, a couple times a week, you're eventually going to get used to that, or you're going to break. And this is kind of what brings this whole podcast up is I have a client who was asking me questions about, you know, how much is too much training? And she has a son that, you know, trains and runs and they're running, I don't know, five times a week. And this particular person has had knee surgeries and had knee problems young, you know, uh, high school age knee problems. And that's where the discussion gets very gray and it becomes very individualized. Um, I think if you are enjoying your training, uh, that is a plus and a perk. I think if you're fighting through uh, pain, that is not good. Uh, there's a difference between, hey, I'm working hard and progressing and this really sucks and it's hard. I'm hurting to struggle every day to, you know, get walking out of bed and get moving. Uh, those are kind of not good adaptations. Those are going to cause and um, create problems down the road. Uh, and my goal is to, you know, not do that. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want people miserable and not being able to reach their goals. I don't want anybody to be miserable and not reaching their goals because they have joint pains and they're stiff and achy and it hurts to move. You know, this is kind of how I train is... We definitely need to push ourselves, um, but we also need to rest. There's a balance. Um, I really like Tai Chi in that sense of kind of the Asian culture 
Tai Chi, there's this yin and yang, you know, if you push, you pull, if you move to the right, you move to the left. I think that balance is very important and we often sometimes forget that exercise is stress on the body. When you stress it too much too often, things either adjust and handle that or they don't and they break. And I hear a ton of spouses and family members and friends, you know, having people in their life that broke. Hey, my ACL tore, my meniscus is gone, I have this pain, it hurts to get out of bed. There are things you can do about it. So I encourage you to check us out, you know, kind of look into some of our social media information and see what we're doing. We try to do the most scientific approach to saving your joints. And this is something that you don't think about when you're 15 or 20, even, you know, 20s, maybe in your 30s, depending on the person, what they're doing. But, you know, you start getting kind of 40s, 50s, definitely into your 60s, 70s, 80s. You are very thoughtful about what you're doing, how you're doing it, how much time you're involved in kind of working on those. I believe wholeheartedly that those uh, time investments pay off. And I have people in their mid-70s that move better than they did in their late 60s because they're doing things the right way. And, you know, they still have issues. They have challenges with arthritis when the weather's cold or it rains. But they're learning how to kind of work through that aging process. And there's definitely kind of benefit to learning and getting kind of skills and ideas and thoughts on other options and alternatives. So again, kind of I said this in some other podcasts, think different and train different. So some solutions to kind of this rest recovery, typically depending on where you are taught about strength and conditioning, anybody that is half educated uh, with some science, you'll hear, you know, oh, you know, every other day, you know, strength train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do your, you know, cardiovascular Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Um, there should be an off day in the mix of that. I'm experimenting with uh, what I call a sustainable kind of strength and conditioning weekly program and uh, learning a lot, you know, what to do, what not to do, doing some things Uh, Too frequently is kind of detrimental and sets you back a little bit. Doing things not enough is also not helpful. We don't get results and we don't get those goals that we want. So there's definitely a balance. And uh, if you have more questions or you want to comment or, you know, let me know, I would love to talk about this. It's a very complex topic. So uh, hit me up on social media or email me. You can text me. At the end of the day, I think uh, we should be doing some sort of strength training multiple times a week. And we should also be doing some sort of cardiovascular challenge. So kind of the current place where I'm at as far as strength and conditioning science goes, I am doing one day a week where I'm doing interval cardiovascular, so fast, slow. Keep an open mind. You know, you can do a fast, slow swim in the pool. You can do a fast, slow bike, uh, you know, like a sprint or kind of fast, high intensity, low intensity intervals. And then kind of taking that high intensity part into the strength 
training, you get to you know heavy lifting. Um, and again, these things kind of vary on the person, the age, your experience. CrossFit might be a option if you're able to tolerate it. Um, it might be the worst thing that you can do to your joints. So um, you have to kind of experiment around with that, um, but listen to your body. Your body will tell you, you know, a day, two, three days after you did something challenging. So high, kind of a high intensity or heavy lift day, if you will. Um, I also try to do one day a week where I am doing an isometric or working on kind of static holds. Uh, this might be like a wall squat. Uh, I have a machine that I've been using for a couple years called the IsoFit. You can maximally push force into an object and you get some really cool kind of strength gains and adaptations with that. Um, I also think that we need to challenge our muscles kind of on the stopping mechanism or eccentric or what is called a plyometric or negative. Um, our body does these kind of go, pause, hold, and then stop things so we need to maintenance those three different areas and we need to challenge those and progress them and be thoughtful about the whole system and spectrum of muscle contractions um, and then i'm have another day a week where i'm doing steady state cardio so this might be you know jogging for two miles um, if that's really hard on your knees and not a possible modality you know cycling is great swimming is great Walking, hiking is awesome. Uh, I also will throw in the sauna in there. So there's some cool literature studies that talk about sauna use is equivalent to about 70% cardiovascular challenge. So this is a great way to save your knees and your hips and your joints. You sweat, you get some toxins out. There's a huge hormonal challenge to your body. Uh, you know, we get these changes and adaptations. So again, really encourage you to think outside the box as far as what modalities to use. You know, can you do a kind of circuit strength training thing where you're getting your heart rate up and lifting heavier weights? Yes. Um, should you, you know, be doing a longer, you know, slower intensity challenge? Yes. Um, so I try to hit a little bit of the spectrum all the way and kind of, you know, take those scientific strength and conditioning principles and really push the envelope on how can I challenge this? Um, how can I challenge this with little joint stress? Or how can I really make this max effort with low impact? So this is what keeps us moving and keeps us going. Um, again, I don't like people broken. Um, I hate seeing young people that are broken because they don't know. They don't know other options. They don't know other solutions on, you know, how do you do cardio? There are other things than running. Um, you know, you can hop on a rower. It's uh, upper and lower body challenges. Uh, you can go for different time durations. You can go for minute sprint. You can go for a 10-minute kind of medium pace. You can go for a 30-minute kind of slow pace. Um, you know, you could literally use one modality and do four to five different training styles or kind of different workouts in a week or, you know, in a training session. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of information on the internet. Find out those scientific principles, use those. Again, give me uh, information on kind of thoughts, ideas, what you think 
or have questions about, hopefully these things will pay off and they'll save you from having those surgeries. I would like to pride kind of myself and a lot of my clients. I have clients that, you know, hey, uh, the doctor says I need to have knee surgery. Uh, I need to have back or hip surgery. And we start doing some corrective exercises. We start doing some movements, some isometrics, some thoughtful exercises to maybe their condition or problem. And it really pays off and they don't have to have those surgeries. That is the coolest thing that a trainer can have experienced is my doctor said that I don't need to have knee surgery or I don't need that um, cortisone injection. Like that's that's pretty cool. It makes me feel good. So those are definitely wins as far as you know helping my clients and people out. So there definitely needs to be a high kind of intensity strength day. And I kind of do a variation of kind of myometrics, isometrics, plyometrics. Uh, my personal situation, I have some scoliosis in my back. Uh, I've had problems doing power, clean, deadlift, push press because of my spine not being perfectly centered. So I've come up with ways and adaptations to basically still challenge those positions, but not do it in a hurtful or harmful way. Um, So one thing I have done is I've done isometric deadlifts where I use an isofit or I'll load up a barbell with more weight than I can move and I'll pull up as hard as I can. You can change the angles and work different positions. And uh, it's a really cool way to kind of hit 100% max effort without having, you know, 400, 300, 600 pounds and really high risk or kind of putting you in a dangerous situation. So, you know, one thing I love about isometrics is you can go max effort safely. Um, I can take a group of people, you know, 15, 30, 50, 75, and I can have them do isometrics together and they're all getting challenged to the kind of their capacity or levels, which is amazing. Uh, it is almost impossible to do that on a dynamic or kind of a group exercise platform where everybody's moving. Um, a lot of people, you know, push and say they can, but I think it's unsafe. And, uh, you know, we have to use the science and the information that's out there to maximize our benefits and goals. So let's talk about marathons. Uh, marathon is a very hard and awesome kind of feat. Uh, my wife has run a marathon. Uh, I have not. I think that it would be really hard on my body to do that. So I choose or opt out of doing that. I usually, about four miles is when my body starts to kind of talk to me and tell me not to. So um, I've kind of gone up to about six miles with running and I have a lot of soreness, a lot of aches and pains, start getting plantar fasciitis. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a sprinter, uh, I'm a power athlete. Uh, that's what I like to do, that's what my body's built for. Um, but, you know, again, food for thought, marathons, power to you if you can do them, if you can tolerate them. Um, I have run into a lot of people that are, you know, marathon junkies. Uh, one of my clients, her husband, has run a marathon in every state. A marathon is roughly about 52,000 steps or foot contacts. So food for thought, when you do a marathon, uh, you're doing 
uh, about 26,000 impacts on each leg. So, or 52,000 compressions on your spine on a marathon day. So, uh, that's a lot of reps. Uh, imagine doing 52,000 squats or 26,000 push-ups in one day. So, that'll get you thinking. My wife just got done writing a book, and one of the persons in the book, they have run like 200 marathons. So I'm going to do the math real quick. So they have done in their marathon career, they have done 10,400,000 repetitions on foot contacts or leg movements. So uh, if stuff isn't working optimally or it's not symmetrical, you know, the right leg's working different than the left leg or the left leg pushes harder than the right leg, this is definitely going to show up. This is where surgeries and joint replacements come into play. So, you know, be wise, be smart. We know information. There's a ton of modalities that you can do in lieu of running. Um, I highly recommend that you consider options for cardiovascular exercise. Um, I'm not opposed to running. Uh, I run here and there, but I am very tuned into stop when you're feeling pain if you're noticing things um, i try not to push or punch through a lot of hard uh, painful super challenging uh, the other approach is kind of that you know taking days off resting you know if you work hard let your body recover um, there was a study came out maybe a year ago talking about CrossFit. It takes up to 96 hours for your body to heal the cells that are damaged from doing high-intensity exercise. So I would consider a marathon or an ultra-marathon high-intensity. Uh, you know, if you've done them before, you know you can be sore for <laughs> a couple days, a week. If you've done some crazy hiking, uh, you know, you'll be sore for days or a week. Uh, that's your body trying to heal itself. So listen to it and, you know, find other solutions, find other options. You know, you can still kind of cross train. You can bike and swim and row and do other modalities while training and getting ready for that marathon or running event. Um, you know, basically it's your body is gets to a point with endurance where it can do it. And, you know, you kind of you build up and you do your progressions over time. Like when you get to kind of that week before the race, you're either conditioned or you're not. And you're either going to tolerate it or stuff's going to break. So I encourage and I hope that nothing breaks. Um, but be smart about your training. And uh, just wanted to give you kind of some perspective, some thought about kind of that, that marathon impacting on your bones, your joints, your ligaments, tendons, your muscles, your nervous system, your cellular system, a lot of stress. So, but it does, it yields results. You lose weight, you burn a lot of calories. Um, me, I do not want to look like Skeletor. I do not want to be 100 pounds. Um, I want some meat in my bones. I want to be able to lift stuff, get firewood and move some stuff around. If I you know, have to scrap or kind of get in a tiffle with uh, one of my brothers or you know, somebody, I want to be able to hold my own a little bit. Um, you know, I don't want to be Hercules or anything crazy, but um, definitely 
kind of that balance is where I'm looking or coming from. So as far as recovery, um, I listen to my body when it comes to recovery. I will do, you know, one to three days of kind of recovery after something. For me, I'm a, I'm a two-day kind of delayed onset muscle soreness or I get that soreness after two days. Um, you know, some people get it the next day. Some people, it, it takes three or four days. Um, what happens is the more inflamed you are, the more trauma and stress you have, the longer it takes for your body to kind of start that repair process. And that is where that soreness comes in. Uh, so if you get, if you're sore on that second day, that whole first day, everything's inflamed and just agitated. So, uh, you know, you got to kind of pick and choose uh, how you train that. Uh, you know, if, if you're trained for a kind of sport goal, uh, that is very different than kind of a controlled scenario in the gym. Um, you know, in the gym, you can say, hey, I'm going to lift 100 pounds this week. Next week, I'm going to go for 110. The following week, I'm going to try for 120. Uh, in the sports world, it's uh, I got to run this fast. I got to get to the ball. I got to hit this person. Do whatever you can to get the job done. And I think that's why we have so many injuries with sports. Um, I feel like the fitness world, we can control that a little bit better. And you have opportunity and options to control that. So that's where kind of that recovery is a scientific thought of I'm going to rest and let my body heal and then I'm gonna push it hard. And usually you get more efficient and faster results that way. Um, when I was in college learning about bodybuilding and max strength, um, you know, how to improve max strength, they were talking about taking off a week before their competitions. And I'm like, why the heck would you do that? Well, so your cells turn over every seven to 14 days. So you really can take off a week or two before you lose anything. So um, you'll have, you know, in competitive sports, you'll have tapers or kind of an unload. And that is scientifically or strategically placed to allow your body to heal itself. So that when you go to game day or competition or kind of race day, you can go 100%. And you're really not going to lose that much. You're probably not going to lose any of your condition. And if you've been training for 10, 12, you know, 20 weeks, um, you know, taking off one day, you know, or less than, you know, 15% is not going to affect you. So research that, find out more information about tapering and unloading and super compensation, uh, really cool scientific uh, principles with strength and conditioning. So sleep is the key to growing muscles and helping repair tissue. I'm not going to talk about this too much. Get sleep uh, eight plus hours. You know, I think that's why we grow so much as teenagers is because we are getting a lot of sleep. If you anybody who has kids or even I remember when I was a teenager, I used to be able to sleep like 10, 12 hours. Um, your body's growing and it's working hard and it grows when you sleep. So your fingernails, your hair, your tissues, they all grow and repair themselves when you're sleeping. So I can't emphasize enough sleep, sleep, sleep. Any bodybuilder is very well aware of sleeping. So highly encourage and recommend you to get eight plus hours of sleep a night or per day. So another thing that I do is usually quarterly, I will take a week off. And this sounds a little crazy, 
but there is a ton of scientific research and meta-analysis and data that support better gains after what's called a recovery or an unload week. So I try to do it quarterly. It doesn't always work that way. Um, you know, Easter is a good time, summer vacation, Thanksgiving, and then somewhere in winter, uh, maybe Christmas break. Um, you, you know, you kind of have to figure those out for your schedule and your lifestyle. But um, taking a week off, again, your cells turn over every 7 to 14 days. So you're not going to really lose any major gains in a week. And uh, what it does is it allows your body to kind of repair, reset. And then what I've noticed is if I'm pushing for three or four months with a routine and I kind of start to plateau, you know, you're doing, let's say the first month you're doing three sets, the second month you're doing four sets, the third month you're doing five sets. After a while, it just, it's not challenging, you're not feeling it, you're not changing, there's no adaptations happening. Um, use that kind of recovery and that rest period to repair. And so when you get back into it that first week, you might go back to three sets and you're like, oh man, I'm sore, I'm out of shape or deconditioned. That is kind of what we want, is we want your body to be challenged. If you're doing the same thing every day, and you know infinite or forever then your body doesn't adapt it just stays at homeostasis so very important scientific principle um, change your workouts up uh, take off here and there maybe quarterly or yearly or bi-yearly but uh, there should be kind of an unload or off week in your routine somewhere you know if you're doing a phase where you're doing endurance strength training maybe your next phase should be heavy lifting and then maybe the next phase after that is hypertrophy or muscle growth kind of the middle of the road six to twelve reps um, so get kind of educated and ask questions learn and grow mentally and physically but the education will pay off dividends on you reaching your goals I think one of the reasons that people don't get results or plateau in their training programs is because they're overtraining and they're working too much. If these people basically added a rest or recovery day, they would see better results. So food for thought, um, you know, if you're doing something six days a week, uh, maybe have a recovery day in the middle of your week and see what happens you know again adaptation try things out experiment see if anything breaks that plateau and maybe it does maybe it doesn't but you know if you're training and you're working out you're not really losing anything um, I have found that you know a lot of people with weight loss um, challenges and people that can't lose weight uh, sometimes they get kind of to this point where they're overstressed, their cortisol levels are high, they're training too much, they're doing too much stuff. An example would be, you know, somebody getting injured and they stop training because of an injury and then they lose a bunch of weight. So that would be, you know, cortisol or hormonal related and then kind of cutting back on that high intensity too frequently, too much, too often. Uh, might be a consideration or a thought uh, for that. So getting back to uh, my client, running five days a week, I don't know if it's necessary. Uh, will it decrease 
your body mass? Yes, possibly. Is it a lot of force on your knees? Yes. Uh, does it create adaptations? Yes. If you progress it right, everything does. Can it create problems, arthritis, tendonitis? Yes. Uh, strength training will do the same thing. So uh, again, I encourage you to learn and get information. Uh, you can challenge your metabolism and your cardiovascular system without moving. So check out Sana Science. Uh, we have another podcast on Sana Science that's very informative. Um, there's a doctor, uh, Rhonda Patrick. She has a company called Found My Fitness. She's got some podcasts. Uh, she's awesome on the Sana Science. Uh, I love following and listening to the you know meta-analysis, the latest data and research on saunas and how they benefit hormonal, you know, muscle, testosterone, and nervous system and cellular and cardiovascular system. It's awesome stuff. Solutions, get in the sauna, you know, if you can do that daily, awesome. Try to sweat, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day. Uh, you should be having one day where you don't do anything and you're completely resting. You know, going out and getting firewood or shoveling, uh, it's still work, it's still stress on your nervous system, your muscle system, your tendons, your cells. So we gotta be thoughtful about kind of rest and recovery. You know, recovery is a lower intensity, less. Rest is off, that's kind of how I think about it. Hopefully this information was enlightening and helpful. Um, I encourage you to work hard, but also rest equally as hard and push yourself, but also know when to kind of pull back on the reins and let the reins go. So those are some great tips that I've been taught over the years. If you're not working hard, you're not going to get optimal results. And if you're working too hard, you might have some orthopedic type of issues or problems with that. So stay balanced, stay healthy. Uh, that goes with eating, sleeping. Uh, everything's a balancing act. You need to, you know, eat well most of the time. You need to strength, train, challenge muscles uh, most of the week. You need to challenge your cardiovascular system cells and tendons, ligaments, and metabolism, you know, most of the week. But there is science and there's strategies, there's periodization, um, there's ways to do that. So I encourage you to research more, ask if you have any questions or thoughts, comments, concerns about rest and recovery. So thanks and we'll catch you next time.